0: That is not the opening song, but this is the Command Zone. How's it going, everybody? I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Well, you'll know why we were humming that Sublime song in a second, because today's episode, the main topic of the day is... Magic jargon. Magic jargon. Magic jargon. <laughs> magic in, slang. Yeah, now we're in Sweden. Yeah, we're Magic getting... slang. Magic lingo malingo. Ma- m- lingo malingo. Lingo malingo. That's, That's the name of a new legendary creature. <laughs> Just Kiki Jiki's brother. Yeah. Cousin, (laughs) maybe. No, I like it being his, like, gecko brother. I don't know what's a gecko. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's like his disappointing brother. Yeah. like, like,
0: yeah, that's my brother. Kiki Jiki grew up in a very uh, strict household. Their dad, uh, Peaky Jiki. Uh, Unfortunately, they had one younger brother, Malingo. Was it Malingo? Mingo Malingo. Mingo Malingo, yeah. This is just good. This is actually part of the lore, everybody. Yeah, Mingo Ling- Malingo, let's see. He ha- he has to tap. He also copies a creature, but can only be with power and toughness two or less, and he stays tapped for an extra turn because of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like just... A strictly worse <laughs> kiki cheeky. And you can only do it at sorcery speed. So sorry, Mingo Malingo, you suck. Um, we're going to talk about Magic Lingo. Uh, Josh, you got this idea from an email, right? Yeah, so we had a listener, Joseph G, emailed us,
1: and he basically said that he likes the podcast a lot, but he's a fairly new player and we use a lot of lingo and slang. That is and true. it was a really good, it was a good message for us to receive because when we were starting out the first few episodes, we were very careful to See, make sure we yeah. were talking directly to people uh, that may not know all the lingo. And then av- as we've gone and gone and gone into 70 episodes plus now, and we've been in the magic world for so long, we've sort of adopted a lot of turn of phrase that I can understand from the outside I mean, I actually went and listened to one of our older episodes. I mean, one of our more recent episodes, sorry. And we did use quite a bit of lingo. And I was like, yeah, oh, this guy's got a really good point. So you know, it
0: is interesting because it is, it's is—it's kind of an addicting thing to use yeah. lingo. It makes you feel like, oh, I'm a I'm, part crowd. The crowd. I'm part yeah, of the crowd, yeah. Here crowd. we go, yeah. yeah. Mingo Malingo is not part of this crowd, but I am.
1: Yeah, so we know that there's this crazy secret language in our game uh, of magic. And it can be kind of daunting to newer players. So we yeah. figured this is a good chance for us... To look at some of the lingo, you know, let everybody know what it means, also where it comes from. Even if you know the
0: lingo, it's kind of interesting how much there is and where it comes from. So I think that's kind of fun yeah exactly um so we're going to look at all the origins of this stuff also the professor from Telerian college did an incredible video It's hilarious yeah it's it, it apes like an old uh, 80s vhs like watch it in high school kind of thing yeah. where he goes through Instructional a lot. video yeah he goes through a lot of uh the slang as well so make sure you check that out we'll link it in the show notes below that's very funny
1: yeah it's it's super funny and because of the the format that the professor does, he's only able to cover a, f- a few words. So we're going to be able to go in deeper on more, but his is going to be way more funny than ours because that video is awesome. Yeah, the video is great. Yeah. Um, so Joseph had two specific questions that we'll start with, and then we're just going to go through a list of a bunch of the jargon and break it down.
0: Yeah, we'll try and do it kind of fast so it doesn't get too uh, dry.
1: Right. Um. So his first question, Joseph's, was What is Timmy, Johnny, and Spike?
0: They're our friends. We hang out with them. We occasionally play. no, just kidding. Uh, these are the psychographics of uh, of magic. Now, next question. What's a psychographic? It's basically the profile of... Personality profile. Personality profile and traits of a specific kind of player. And it, again, these are very broad and very generalized. I think every kind of player is a combination of these two three of uh, three sorry uh there's also vorthos yep uh which is the fourth one that it's like the it's like mingo malingo we don't talk about it very
1: much <laughs> <laughs> no you just insulted every vorthos player I know. out there well it's because i actually i've been mingo getting more into, ever
0: since our origins episode i've been getting way more into vorthos i have reading too. all the planeswalker Vorthos stuff. is
1: one of those things
0: that grows on you as you play the game more
1: yeah you don't is... think at first you're like vorthos i don't even read this i don't care and as you go you're like no it's actually kind of cool yeah. i know that yeah so
0: and also some cards like get way better once you realize the vorthos behind them and, for sure and, and like,
1: you understand why the mechanic is what it is because you're like it's like devout invocation when you realize yeah. oh they're they're actually praying and by praying I tap them and then the angels come like yeah yeah that kind and of something stuff like
0: uh, uh like blessed spirits which is that that dead kids that everyone calls the dead kids James and, Bianca's yeah. uh,
1: flavor text win
0: yeah like that in itself is Vorthos so the four psychographics Vorthos is someone that is very concerned with the lore and the the history of the card and the 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 characters on the card they might just be theme based too so they might yeah. build
1: a uh, an EDH deck, and even though these three cards would be awesome in the deck, they, they are not elves, or they're not goblins, or they don't have to do with pirates.
0: Yeah, or they weren't part of the storyline, like they're building the Skyship Weatherlight, yeah. and they have all of the Urza characters there, and this guy is not a part of it, so they can't be on the ship.
1: So they will actually prioritize the
0: story above the function of the deck and other things. Right. A Timmy is someone that uh, is usually, um, I feel like this is the one that gets dissed the most. Even though it shouldn't be, I think you can be a Timmy and and win the Pro Tour. Like oh, yeah. Timmy just has
1: to do with somebody who's more inclined towards the big creature aspect of the game. So they want to they want to swing in with dragons or siege yeah. rhino, notably as as a, a, a Timmy card. Yeah, with uh, a
0: very spike aspect to it, and just, it's awesome. Yeah. Right,
1: but they're they're more
0: worried about like the spectacle of like a giant beast attacking and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think someone that plays Bant heroic or the mm-hmm. heroic decks in, in standard right now, where you're just trying to suit up one person to have tons of plus one, plus one counters to make them unblockable. That's kind of a Timmy aspect to yeah, it. stuff. It's Johnny, the idea yeah. of
1: like, I'm going to make this monster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kibler, I think is notably probably the biggest Timmy that you can just point to because he is the dragon master. Yeah. He loves, I mean, that's what brought him the fame that he has now. uh, uh Timmy and EDH is someone that also just loves, like, I'm going to make this guy a 50-50. Yep, boom. Deal with it. Deal with it, yeah. Yep, they love, I'm
1: going to cast Ulamog, you know, just those oh, yeah. big, huge threats that are just, like, make everybody's eyes go wide. Yeah, what's uh, a Johnny? Johnny is... Aside from the uh, the
0: Planeswalker, a
1: Johnny. <laughs> it's not a Johnny, <laughs> it's a Johnny, like Johnny Be Good.
0: Johnny Be Good.
1: Um, Johnny is the clever player. It's the player that actually prioritizes being seen as being clever above Uh winning so they want to do something cool but the cool thing they want to do is not like attack you with a 50 50 creature they want to be like look at this card when i then play this card and this other card then this crazy thing happens you never thought of that did you
0: and it's not even it doesn't even need to be everyone being like showering him with praise him or her with praise sometimes it's just them having the self-satisfaction of like that was awesome I did it. Yep. I die now. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only person that's ever thought of playing these
1: seven cards in this order to create this effect.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Johnny loves the combo. They're the combo player. Uh, Alex Kessler, our friend, thinks he's a, he's a Johnny when it comes to uh, modern, but yep. he's a Spike more when it comes to
1: Travis NBA. Wu, I would say, is a very big Johnny,
0: yeah. like prominent player. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Travis Wu does amazing, cool brews. He just uses cards in ways that you would never expect. And it has the exact effect that the Johnny wants, where people post it while be like, "Wow, that! Did you see what this person did with this deck? Even though it may not be super tournament viable or whatever, it doesn't really matter. It's more the respect that they're trying to break outside the box. And I think Johnnies are always trying to think outside the pumpkin. as my old impression. Johnnies are the ones
1: say. that you're tweeting your friends or texting your friends and going like, "Are you seeing this deck that the demonic pack deck? Oh yeah, you know, are you checking packs. out this Jeskai Ascendancy thing? Like, you know, it's just." those are and that's what the johnny lives for is like everybody having that response because they were so clever
0: they came up with this crazy thing Mm -hmm. uh and finally there is the spike or a spiky person a spike player and i think the image of a spike actually is very effective in thinking about what a spike is trying to do with their game they're trying to hone their game to a point where they're not they're prioritizing not making mistakes making the right play Making uh just making sure that they are they have tight play as well. They're not they're not they're they're sort of cleaning up the loose ends and they're honing their gameplay to a point where they can drill in the spike and win a game. Their concern yep. is about winning.
1: That's what they derive fun from in the game is winning above all else. So they'll do things like make the boring pick in a limited draft because that's actually the correct pick. Right. They're not, they not gonna pick take s- Yeah, Sphinx's tutelage, these crazy cards. They're gonna pick the two two for two with renown because that's the best card in the pack they're not going to go off the rails and try something crazy and insane because for them at the end of the day they need they want
0: to win yeah they're focused on increasing their win percentage and for instance Goyfgate, like that's a perfect example of what happens uh, where the spike mentality can sometimes be derisive towards what is just another not a spiky pick which is you could take a card that's going to directly help your deck or one that you want because it's cool and has value, you know, that, yep. that's sort of the opposite there. And the spikes spikes are also, I think, the most self-critical of their own play, and that's a big thing that defines them, is they'll look at what they've done and be like, I could have played that differently because I didn't do this right or I didn't sequence this right. And they're they're more willing to analyze their gameplay to that very technical level.
1: It's also, I mean, for obvious reasons, the most common personality type that you're going to see in professional and competitive magic, which are yeah. the players that are in the spotlight for our game the most. So it's sort of like the spike is the, the most noticed of what we see out there as magic players, even though they're not the majority of magic players. Oh yeah, definitely. But not. they're in the majority of the spotlight because of the nature of being competitive and being in tournaments and such.
0: Yeah. And if you look at like professional poker mm. players, you don't see a Timmy or Johnny over there. Really They're almost all of them are spikes because that's a game that doesn't give you the freedom to experiment and like you can't be creative really.
1: Although there are, there are players that play crazy quote unquote in poker and keep hands. And and those players are usually like preternaturally good at reading their opponents. Mm -hmm. And they have like these weird skills that allow them to play in like what would technically be an incorrect
0: manner. But yeah, you're right. It's more spiky. But at the end of the day, they're still doing it in a way to let them win more. So yes, maybe sure. it's a little high, higher variance, but they're willing to take that risk. Yep. Um, another question that Joseph asked about, what is Wooberg?
1: Yeah, this is interesting because we talk about Wooberg a lot. Wooberg is just Woo-berg. the five colors. So if you give each color a letter designation, w- white is W, so W. Woo. Blue is actually U because B is taken up by black. Mm-hmm. So it Woo, that's white, blue. Travis Woo. B, black. Woob, black. R, red. Woober. Wuber G Green wooberg. There you go. Wooberg. There you go. Wooberg just and looking means... at it on
0: the page, W U B R G is it's very easy. To it see. makes sense.
1: It's the it's the blue U for blue that throws people a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is also a really easy way to know what the allied pairs are and the enemy pairs are as well because it goes white, blue, black, red, green. If you want to find the enemy pairs, you just skip one. So white and black, uh, except for green because it circles around. It goes back around the other side. So white is the opposite of black and red. Blue is the opposite of red and green black is the opposite of green and white red is the opposite of uh white and blue yeah and then green is the opposite of blue and black Wow. I never thought of that before. So it kind of cycles around. You just yeah. take a skip and you look at the different letters. Um, that's how I organize my lands as well. <laughs> Wuberg. I like, be, yeah, I kind of am OCD about organization. So have, being able to like know, like, white should always be first because that's just how Wuberg. When
1: I was drafting Concept Secure, I was drafting Five Color or Modern Masters. Mm-hmm. I would lay it out that way too just because it was easier to sort of keep track of
0: the yeah. numbers and everything. Yeah, else. yeah. So that is Wuberg. All right, hopefully that helps you out, Joseph. Uh, now let's just go on and talk about a bunch more jargon.
1: Here comes that sublime song.
0: 187 creature. Yeah, 187, call 187 on a cop. That was good. Uh, we about <laughs> we, we words. haven't said 187 in a while. 187 just means it, it does something when it enters the battlefield. It, kills it actually
1: something. means it kills something because 187 yeah. is the police code for murder. Yeah. So basically a creature, a 187 creature is a creature that comes in and then kills another creature yeah, when Yeah, it
0: specifically in. it's the California Penal Code, which defines the crime of murder, which is why it's also in the Sublime Song. Right. Um, aggro. It means aggressive. Usually it means a strategy that is intent on coming at you and being the aggressor or being sort of the one that is pushing and pressing their advantage.
1: Yeah, they're not reactive. They're proactive. Correct. They're usually doing it fast
0: also. Yes,
1: the opposite uh, the, of that. The opposite of that is control. Yeah. So control, control is the reactive strategy,
0: so they're usually not throwing the punch; they're countering the punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, y- and usually, control is blue and aggro is red. Right. Uh, although these colors can both have elements of both, but in general, that's the, the tie and there.
1: When I say counter, it doesn't always mean counterspell; it means countering what they did. So a lot of times, you can be controlling by wrathing the board. They played five creatures; you wrath the board. That's a control move. Or right. they play uh, a creature,
0: and you sort of plowshare it. That's And another word for control that's similar is tempo, which is also what blue does. So let's say they try and cast something huge. You flicker it so that they lose a whole turn. You bounce it back to their hand.
1: Right. Well, that tempo is usually more of an aggro strategy because you're actually losing card advantage generally when you do that. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, I'm going to kill you before the card advantage yeah, control is usually an attrition-y strategy. So it's it's saying like I'm going to slowly grind out more advantage and eventually beat
0: you. Yeah, there's a little bit of uh, of, of it in both. Uh, alpha uh, could refer to the set alpha, which is the original set ever oh, right. released. I was thinking more like alpha strike. Yeah, so I figured.
1: Yeah, alpha strike is just when you swing out with all, everything you've got.
0: Yeah, it's like, send the team in. It's the Alpha Strike. Yep. Let's go, guys. I'm holding nothing back. Malingo, Malingo, you do not get to go, however. You stay in the back. (laughs) Malingo, Malingo. You are the Beta Strike. (laughs) Sorry, man. Sorry, man, yeah. Uh, Value. Oh, this has a lot of meanings.
1: Value just generally means that you're getting more than a card's worth Mm -hmm. out of your card. So a 187 creature is a value creature because it comes in and it kills another card, takes a card off the board, and leaves you with a card. Yeah. Yeah. but value can be like uh something that puts a token into play every turn. Yep. It
0: can also be Ashnod's Altar which converts your tokens into something else you can use. Yep. So uh, it's just it means that Grave, there... Pact, Grave is, Pact adds yeah. value to all your creatures because every
1: time they die everybody else has to sack a creature, so that's just at additional value.
0: Yeah, the basic idea of a two-for-one where you only spent one card whereas your opponent had to spend two to do something is the essential idea of value. You got more out of that because you have an extra card in your hand now or on the board than they did.
1: Attrition... Attrition. We just talked about this a little bit. Attrition is more to do with long-term slight amounts of incremental value. So
0: Yeah, the war of attrition. We yeah. Heard that term before. So
1: if every time you... Let's say that I had something out that said, every time one of my creatures dies, I get a 1-1 token. Mm-hmm. Well, an attrition-y strategy with that is, like, I attack you, and you... Even though I know you can block and trade your creature for mine, but I know I'm going to get a 1-1 token in addition, and you're not. So yeah. that's a slight value... Harkening back to the last word, <laughs> uh, they're, they're definitely tied, um, that I get. And so I can attrition you out eventually because you're going to trade your cards for mine, but I'm going to be left with a few tokens.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I generally like attrition things. In yeah, EDH. it's, it's a definitely game. a very EDH way to play. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Grizzly Bear, which is based off the original Grizzly Bears. It's a card. Uh, It means a two-drop creature that is a 2-2. Yep. So It can, two can also be a 2-1. It can be for 2-1, yeah. It's usually two mana for two power on a creature. Yeah, some people just refer to it as a bear as mm-hmm. well. Um, And this leads to Hate Bear. Hate Bear. It is not just an angry Grizzly Bear, no.
1: Yeah, Hate Bear is two mana for a 2-2 or a 2-1 that also has some other additional benefit and it's usually something like all non-creature spells cost one more to cast or some other thing that hates out specific other strategies
0: yeah thalia guardian of thraben does this uh is the sort of the the hate bear that people look at it's one in the white for a first strike two one that says non-creature spells cost one colorless more to cast so it's hating out it's not really it's hating, hating out non-creature it's hating spells. hating out non-creature spells specifically. It's not like hating out a player from the table. It's just saying like, hey, this is going to cost a little more. Right. It's more of like a price bear, I guess, honestly. But it's, it's, it's just hating out non-creature spells. If a yeah. if a bear if it was two mana and
1: it was a 2-2 and it said all red spells cost one more to cast, that's also a hate bear. Right. It's just hating out red. Yeah. It's not hating them out. It's just hating on red. Hating on. Be like, yeah. yo, you can't come around no more mingo, <laughs> Um You'll hear <clears throat> her say that it's something, something on a stick yeah on a
0: stick means it's attached to a creature literally on a stick as yeah. the creature the card itself is a stick sometimes it usually we refer to the card itself is the thing sometimes you can attach something to the card like an equipment or an aura and then it becomes something on a stick yeah usually um like think of like the separatist void mage from um magic
1: origins which is four mana for a two two so mm-hmm. four mana for a bear <laughs> it's a four mana bear but it, when it comes in you bounce a creature yeah so that is actually an unsummon on a stick So, it's just an unsummon on a creature. On a creature. So, you can
0: say, you know, a 187 creature could be a doomblade on a stick. Yeah, doomblade on a stick. Uh, Usually, when we talk about on a stick, though, we like it to be a repeatable effect. So, something like Kiki Jiki is a clone effect on a stick. Because you can use it multiple times. A card like Severus Voyage Mage just does it once, or a 187 creature does it once when it hits the battlefield. Um, So, it still is on a stick, but in EDH, you want stuff that's on a stick that but sometimes swinging, it can know?
1: be like acidic slime is if it's in a rune deck yeah exactly because then you can just keep destroying stuff by be- by flickering yeah it.
0: rune is like the put things on a stick guy he loves yeah. to just grab someone and like flick them back into the, into play um board
1: wrath or board white these are just effects that say destroy all x so destroy all creatures destroy all artifacts mm-hmm. sometimes it says destroy all non-land permanents yep
0: Destroy all lands. These and, are all wraths and board wipes. And it's called Wrath because Wrath of God is the original yep. card that does this two and two white. Destroy all creatures. They can't be regenerated. Um, next up we have Bomb. Drop the Bomb. We're not talking about an actual bomb here, something like what, Goblin Grenade or whatever. Yeah, it's not like something that blows up. Yeah, this bomb just means and this is comes from limited, and I think, or just in constructed in general. It's just a creature that is when it hits the board or its impact is akin to a bomb. It is so powerful that it is hard to deal with. Its effect is widespread and it is the kind of thing that helps you win a game. Yeah. More so than like a grizzly bear.
1: It doesn't even have to be a creature. Uh, Insurrection is a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a card that has such a profound effect on the game that it threatens to take over the whole game. Yep. Yep. Uh, we've mentioned this word already a few times, bounce. Bounce. Bounce refers to taking something in play and putting it back into somebody's hand. Bouncing it. Yep. If you bounce it, it goes back to their hand. This yep. is different than flicker or blink, which are our next words. Flicker slash blink is where you take something, you put it in exile, and then it comes back into play. Yep. So it actually doesn't go into anybody's hand. It just changes zones real quick, and then you get you get to reuse, enter the battlefield effects and things like that.
0: Yeah, flicker and blink usually happen uh, either immediately or they happen at the next end step, beginning of the next end step, right. this creature returns to play. Um, noticeably, you whenever you bounce or flicker or blink a token or something that is not a physical card, it disappears forever. Because when it goes away, the thing itself fizzles because it's not a physical permanent or a card that you can put in another zone. Once it gets there, it's gone. Yep. Uh, burn. There, hey, yeah, baby. Was... Burn, baby, burn. Very fitting for me and my redness. <laughs> uh, burn just means you are burning someone. It's it, direct damage. Direct damage to the face, to a creature. Uh, of course, the original cards that did this were like lightning bolt yep. or uh, or incinerate or fireball where you're actually throwing flames or some kind of crazy weather effects at someone it's almost
1: always from red they're the
0: ones that do direct damage to the face of your opponent there's some like weird green spells that do it. people always point at like there's like bee sting or something yeah there's a few
1: in the early magic but anymore
0: it's just all red all the time if you want burn
1: um the next one is cantrip
0: oh this one i still don't even know why its cantrip. can't i'll have to look it up
1: Uh, cantrip is referring to any card that has draw a card tacked onto it. So if it does something and says
0: draw a card, then it's a cantrip. Electrolyze is a cantrip. Um, In general, you see a lot of these in modern um, cards that get you value back because you're essentially not losing a card in the process. Now, the card you may draw may pale in comparison to the original card, but you're still drawing a card. So if you had seven cards before you cast your cantrip, you're still going to have seven cards at the end.
1: Very good with things like prowess and things that care about you casting cards. It's good with delve and things that want stuff in the graveyard.
0: Yeah, you can build a whole Shuyun deck just off of cantrips. And it's a word of Scots origin to mean a magical spell of any kind. Interesting. Yeah. In Dungeons & Dragons, cantrips are like small. Usually the cantrips have a smaller effect because draw a card is on the text, and that is pretty powerful by itself. Yep. So cantrips usually are a little weaker than other cards. Uh,
1: The next one is chump or chump block. This is when you make a block where you're not going to trade or eat their creature. So it's literally a block that's just trying to save you from taking damage and you're okay with losing the card. Or maybe you're not okay, but you have to do it. You have to do it, yeah, because you can't take that damage. So it's a chump least. block. And it's usually because you're only going to throw chumps in front, in that out in that situation. You're not going to throw a good card out.
0: Yeah, get out that chump. Yep. M- you know where Mingo ling- Malingo goes going. Mingo Malingo has a chump all day. All day, yeah. Uh, clock. Clock just refers to uh, not the time, but rather how much time you have left or like what is the timer on. He's on a two-turn clock means there is two turns that he doesn't do anything and react to this damage coming at him or whatever is coming at him. That person will die.
1: Yeah, if the same thing keeps happening, then the clock is how many turns you have to survive if that same thing keeps happening. Yeah. Um, CMC will say, which is converted mana cost, So if we say like a two drop or a three drop, Mm -hmm. that means the converted mana cost of the thing is either two or three. And this can relate to something if it's like a white and two colorless, that would be a three drop. Right. So sometimes we just don't want to say the total mana cost of a thing because that's not important to the discussion what color it
0: is. It's just important that it costs five mana. So we say it's a five drop. Yeah. And if it is like uh, like Archangel of Tithes, which is a four drop, that's one white mana and three white symbols. We won't just say it's a four drop because in this case, it's actually relevant that it is a lot of one color specifically. Right. So CMC is just an easier way of saying like, all right, the total CMC is five mana, and it's four and one white. So you have an image. Okay, it's five total, four of its colorless, one is white. So you can just see it in your head. We usually just say CMC to help uh, illustrate what a card's thing like uh, cost is, just so you can really see it. I guess.
1: Yeah, it's often relevant because if, if you think it's a 4-4 flyer, well, if it's got a CMC of 2, it's one of the best cards ever. Yeah. If it's got a CMC of 7, it sucks. So the CMC is very important to sort of distinguishing how good the card is. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is Curve. Curve. Curve Curble. is an interesting one. It literally has to do with if you laid out your entire deck according to its CMC, mm-hmm. what it would look like. So a Curve is... How many one drops, two drops, three drops, four drops, five drops, six drops and on you have and how evenly that spread and how exactly that spread. So generally you want more in the more reasonable range, which is like three, four, five for Mm -hmm. us for limited. It's probably two, three. Yep. So it just depends on the format you're in, where you want that curve to be. But if you look at like a bell curve, then you sort of want it to look a little bit like that.
0: Yeah, and people say he curved out perfectly, which means that you play stuff on time. You play a two-drop when you have two mana, you play a three-drop when you have three mana and a four-drop, so that you're using your mana each time perfectly, and you're following the trend, the sort of progress of your deck, saying each turn you should be getting one more mana at a, until a certain point, and you should be able to play a, a creature or a spell that matches how much mana you have. So you're curving out, Yep. like taking a sick curve on like your skateboard or Got something. a sick curve. Um top deck. Top deck, also a web series top decking. <laughs> top decking by Alex and uh, Buddy Craig. If
1: you haven't checked that out on YouTube, you should definitely. It's a web series about magic. Um what top deck means is it is the card that you pull off the top of your deck each turn. So if you mm-hmm. are like, "Man, I really need a board wipe," and then you pull the first card off your deck, and you
0: draw that card, you top deck it. It's yep. usually synonymous with being lucky. Yeah. Yeah, you can stack the top of your deck, but yeah, top decking usually just means like, I'm top decking now, which means I'm out of cards in my hand. I'm just relying on whatever's coming off the top of my deck. I have to get lucky. Have to get lucky, yeah. Uh, Getting decked or decked myself, it doesn't mean that you get a sweet deck like a skateboard or a sweet Magic the Gathering deck. It means that you have straight up milled out. And that's the next word. Uh, it just means that when you get decked, it means that your entire uh, library is now in your graveyard, in your hand, or exiled, or exiled. And essentially, the next time you would draw a card, and there are no cards in your library, you immediately lose the game. So that what that's what it means when you get decked. Yep get decked bro and milling is the act of taking cards from someone's library and putting it into their graveyard or into exile or to a place where essentially they will mill themselves out usually the strategy of milling means get them to zero cards and force them to draw a card at the beginning of their turn
1: yeah it's an alternate win condition to doing damage to them and killing them that way you can kill them by them having no cards in their deck and then the next time they go to draw a card if
0: they can't they lose yeah it doesn't even have to be the beginning of their turn just because at any time they're going to draw a card so if you have like a force them to draw a card on their end step and they have no cards they lose
1: right it comes from the card mill stone which was the very first card in magic that ever did that oh, nice. uh, i did not know that the next one is dome this is related to burn straight to the top of my dome yep if you dome somebody it just it's hitting them in the face it's hitting
0: them in the head their dome that's mm-hmm. where that comes from yeah if you listen to bomb funk mc's freestyler he references the dome quite a bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, dome just because your head is shaped like a dome, so it's going to the face. Your head. Yeah, the head. Drain. Uh, drain is uh, an ability that takes life away from someone usually. like Drain life, I believe, was the first card yep. that, that did this. Uh, it basically said deals X damage, and you gain life equal to the damage dealt, so you're sucking the life out of them and draining it to your advantage.
1: Yeah, if you drain someone, you do damage to them, but you gain that much life also. Yeah. Uh Dirtle. Dirtle. This is... Alex Kessler Um, Dirtle is This This is a tough one to explain This is when you're sort of doing a lot of actions To little consequence Right So it's uh, a famous saying in sports Is do not mistake activity for accomplishment Mm -hmm. This is dirtling
0: Yeah Usually
1: dirtling leads to some sort of crazy Johnny-esque synergy that makes everybody lose but it's usually hard to see when it's happening, and it seems like not a lot. To, he's like, I tap this, then I untap this, then I make four guys. Okay, go.
0: Yeah, and you're like, wait, you just spent four minutes doing nothing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, they're just setting up. I think Johnny e players like to dirtle a lot. They love to, yeah. Um can also just be like... Every single time you try and do something, I'm just going to do three things and then force you to not to do one damage total or something. You're just dirtling around, kind of extending the game with yes. your silliness.
1: Dirtling has definitely come to mean extending the game.
0: Yeah. And it also usually means you're playing with your own board and doing stuff with yourself because you get to, you know, you get to get one of these going the next term.
1: I also think dirtling has sort of come to mean playing with weird cards. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what? What does that card do? <laughs> what? That is the most dirtly card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Engine.
0: Yeah, get engine going. Your dirtling is creating an engine sometimes. Yeah, it's it's not always dirtling. Sometimes an engine is just like something
1: that's going to happen every turn. Like uh, Marchesa, a creature with a counter and Grave Pact is mm-hmm. just like I can sack that creature every turn. That's an engine that makes sure that at least one creature
0: from the opponent, all your opponents, dies every turn. Yeah, sometimes an engine can be just one card to get something going in your deck. Sometimes it requires more than that, two to three to four or whatever. Yep. But yeah, getting an engine going is just like rev the engine, and once it's going, it goes. It can continue without you having to add extra bits to it. Yep, it's just something that's just going to keep happening. Yeah. Very strong in EDH. Uh, ETB, or enter the battlefield effects. Uh, These are... one of the most prevalent things in EDH cards that do something when they hit the battlefield Uh, so it's an enter the battlefield effect. it used to be when it comes into play right but they revise the language so if you ever see any old cards with comes into play it just means enters the battlefield the creature is cast and it successfully resolves and hits the battlefield then some other effect occurs and these are value creatures usually yeah it could be an artifact too I think some artifacts have entered the battlefield enchantments as well rest in peace a fatty
1: a fatty is usually a creature with big toughness um
0: fizzle this is an interesting one oh fizzle yeah so fizzle is something it's sort of a more advanced mechanic uh let's say someone points an enchantment at their creature it's an enchantment or it's like spirit mantle to give their uh to give whatever creature protection from other creatures and in response you bounce or use a instant speed removal spell to get rid of that creature what happens is the spell goes on the stack it resolves before the enchantment does and when the enchantment goes to enchant the creature, it doesn't have any legal targets anymore because it's gone and it dies. So the spell fizzles. Yep. Uh, pants. Pants is
1: just equipment or enchantments. Yeah. So Spirit Mantle would be putting pants
0: on to a creature. Right. Even though it's not a pants. They're, they're, it could man- be a sword. A, pant- a sword
1: could be still pants. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: A uh, vanilla creature is a creature that doesn't have any text on it outside of that awesome Vorthos flavor text. Yep, so if so, it's just a 4-3 vanilla, it's just a 4-3. It doesn't do anything yeah, else. Like a grizzly bear, 2-2 two, two for 2, and there's nothing else about it. Yep. Gas. Ooh, that's gas.
1: Gas means a couple of things, but it generally just means having plenty of card options. Yeah. It's just like I have – if I've got – this hand is gas –
0: that means I've got really good cards and a lot of them. Yeah, sometimes you'll see people draw something off the top of their deck and be like, "Oh, that's gas." Yeah, because that means that that card is going to like rev your engine, whatever that means. Not necessarily you have an engine going, but that creature is going to like. For instance, let's say you needed an instant speed removal spell and you draw it. That's gas. You know, yep. something that directly is what you need and benefits you in that moment.
1: If, that, if there was a trending arrow, the trending arrow for gas would be pointed up. I hear that word used more and more.
0: Yeah, it definitely gets used a lot. I think the streamers use it a lot. Yeah. Uh, Doc uses it a lot. It's I've, just I've started to use it a lot, too, yeah. just because it sounds cool. Like, oh, Even dude, in that's... the last
1: year, it's become like
0: more of a thing. Yeah, just saying that's gas is just cool.
1: It's <laughs> just cool, man. All the cool kids are doing it, Josh. Uh, gold fishing is the act of playing out your deck solitaire style. So it's when you just draw the seven cards, you play the lands, but you're not actually playing against anyone. Mm-hmm. So you're like testing the deck just to see how its draws look and everything like that, that's gold fishing.
0: Yeah. Grip uh, usually refers to your hand, the thing that you are gripping. It's like, what's in your grip? I don't hear this as much.
1: I have a full grip. A full grip, You'll hear that sometimes. That means I had a lot of cards in my hand when you're telling a story about like, he had this, he did this, and then he did this. I had a full grip.
0: Yeah, and I can do anything about it. Yeah.
1: Um, Hoser. So like a color hoser would Mm -hmm. be something that like is specifically pointed at red. Or a creature hoser would be something like humility that turns all creatures into one ones with
0: no abilities. A graveyard hoser would be like Anafenza, the foremost. Yep. Where it says it hoses your graveyard when it comes into play, it you know, or or like Tormod's Crypt or whatever. Back off you hoser. Yeah. Uh jank usually refers to what you think it does. It the word itself uh, I love when words really tied to the meaning. Jank is just something that is janky, something that is sort of barely held together. It kind of does what you want it to do, but it's not all the way there. It's just like, ooh, that's or something just happens that's just it feels loose and like not tightly constructed it's just a lot of it's times it's janky.
1: a card that just doesn't is not very good and it's like that card is jank yeah that card's just not good sometimes
0: uh, i think johnny's love jank because yeah. turning jank into gold is really great like it was a janky combo it was like yeah it was yeah it was. it was and then it beat you yeah i pieced it together it's like the millennium
1: <laughs> falcon is kind of jank <laughs> yes totally but it's the ship that made the kessel run in less than 12 parsecs that's pretty good she's fast enough for you old man that's, That's the for walking.
0: She's thousand of you. Oh yeah, I, I can't do a walking.
1: <laughs> uh Manadork is the next one. This is just any creature that taps for mana. Oh, I thought you were talking about us. We're Manadorks. We're man a dork. <laughs> that
0: that didn't work. We're Mana Wars. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mana Dork, so uh, Elvish Mystic. Birds of Paradise, Landware yeah. Elf. I don't know why they use Dork. I just because usually they're one ones, They're small. They're tiny. Usually they're not good for anything else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, meta. Okay, so this one is very complex. It, it has a lot of meanings. Meta usually just means the like the nature of your immediate play group or whatever you're referring to as sort of like the talking about it, out, like looking at it from the outside in. I think it's all the things that pertain to the game that are outside of the game. Mm-hmm.
1: So the games before that are having an effect because you know information about the players, but it's not from what's happened in this game. It's what's happened in all the games you've played previous. Yeah. Or any conversation you had at dinner the other night that's playing into like you know, something that you're doing in the game now. That's meta.
0: Yeah, in competitive magic, the meta is set by the Pro Tour usually. So after the Pro Tour, like for instance, a red deck took down the Pro Tour, you're going to see more of those at your Friday Night Magic. In the meta, but that's information that you have from another tournament, not the correct. tournament you're playing in, but it does yeah, affect it. It does affect it. Sometimes in your ter- in your FNM, you know that you just have a lot of players that hate Mono Red and won't play it. So you're like, all right, cool. We'll see how much this affects the meta. Right. Uh, Flood. This
1: is way too much mana. So when you draw just land after land after land and no gas.
0: Yeah. Uh, The opposite of that is mana screw when you don't have enough mana. You don't have the lands you need. You're just screwed out of lands or even just a specific color. Yep. What would you rather? Flood or mana screw? Mana screw.
1: Especially
0: in EDH because your games are going to go long and you will draw your mana eventually. And you're going to have a more full grip than your opponents.
1: I might want Flood. Because if I just draw one card that draws me cards, I'm going to be okay. And then I can play big stuff. But I don't know. That's a tough one. Depends Uh, on the deck, as usual. Yeah. Non-bow. Oh, yeah. This is the opposite of combo. Yeah. So Uh, this is something that, like, the two cards work together in anti-synergistic manners. Yeah. So it's like if you put something came into play and it wants to deal with your graveyard
0: but the card you just played before it exiled your own graveyard <laughs> that'd be a non it'd be a non it'd be like playing a creature that says like when this creature dies and hits the graveyard it does this and then you play anoffenza so right. no creatures ever actually hit the graveyard right that's it's a non-bow bow. sometimes you're forced into playing non right now the rally the ancestors deck has a bit of some non synergy in there but the rest of the synergy is so good that it makes yeah up for it. you just have to let it be
1: i found um oftentimes you just accidentally are like, oh, that's a non-bow. Yeah, I, I, that's I, definitely the I, most common. I built this deck and it's supposed to do all this stuff, but I never thought about how s- some cards would interact in weird ways and they, these yeah. two don't work together good. Um, Next up, we have the nuts or the nut draw. This is a poker term. Yeah. So the nuts were, the nuts were basically like your car keys for your horse mm-hmm. in the old West days. And so what would happen is if you'd be in a poker game in like a saloon in the wild, wild West and you'd come down to the betting you'd be out of money and you'd throw your nuts in to the middle which means you're betting oh, your horse if you're betting your horse then you have a really good hand usually the best possible hand because you would never bet the nuts otherwise yeah so then the best possible hand started to become known as the nuts i got the nuts yeah so that usually means it's an unbeatable
0: hand or an unbeatable draw would be the nut draw Yeah, the nut draw does not happen in EDH as much because it's just a multiplayer format. It'll happen in in games like there's that Primeval Titan deck that's running around Modern, uh, and you can get the nut draw, which is a seven-card hand that can let you win on turn one.
1: Yep, and that's just unbeatable.
0: Unbeatable. So it's it's just just the nuts. Yeah. Outs. Playing to your outs. Outs just means you're in a situation. How do you get out of it? And those are your outs. Sometimes the outs is as simple as get rid of that creature. Other times. But that means your out is probably Swords to Plowshares. Right.
1: You can probably, in some situations, list every card in your deck in your mind that will get you out of this situation because sometimes it's just like any board wrath. I have five of them in my deck, which means I have five outs out of however many cards are left.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh And also playing to your outs usually means figure out how you're going to get out of the situation and play towards that. Don't be like all right, well, this guy's going to keep hammering at me with this creature, so I'm just going to chump with one creature each turn. Maybe it's like, no, you're going to need to block with all your creatures one turn and just take it and trade a bunch. otherwise. Because no other you have no creature. other way to beat that creature. You have no other way to beat that creature, yeah. And the more that you just sit there and let him win the War of Attrition, you're going to lose the game. So play to your outs is what that means.
1: A uh, Pinger or a Tim, if you've been listening to this show for very long, you know what this is, but um, it's just a any creature or thing that taps to deal one damage to target creature or player. So it pings you or it yeah. pings. I'm going to ping that creature. I'm
0: going to tim it. That just means I'm going to use an effect that deals one damage. Sometimes it's only a creature as well. Uh, it, it'll still ping the creature. Yep. Sometimes it's only the player like Chandra, the new Chandra. Right. Yeah. She's still a pinger. Uh, pip usually refers to the, uh, this, the mana symbol in a card. It's so, actually on the battlefield. On the battlefield, yeah. yeah. So, for instance, devotion cares about how many how, what your devotion to a color is, and it just means how many pips of that color. So if you have something that costs three colorless and two green, there are two pips there. Right. And that counts for two green pips. Yep. Uh Pitch. So if somebody says I had to pitch a card, it usually just means discard. Yeah, toss
1: it at someone really fast is what <laughs> it means. 80 miles an hour plus. This is an interesting one. It comes up once in a while. A uh, play set. It just means if you own a play set of something, I have a play set of that. It means that you have four of them.
0: It's not just a set you play with.
1: No. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting for EDH players because we can only play one of any given card in our deck. So for us, a play set is
0: actually one, but play set still means four because in the other yeah. constructed formats, you can have up to four. Four of yeah. Proxy is a card that is not the actual card and you're going to replace that card with a proxy, just essentially a fake version of it, a placeholder. Yep. It's yep. Exactly. A placeholder. Yeah. Um, punt punt is a
1: misplay so if you punt i punted it means uh, i had a better play maybe
0: a game winning play or a game altering play Mm -hmm. and i did the wrong thing or i didn't block correctly or i could have done something right or i sequenced something incorrectly yeah it's kind of from football right yeah, because when you punt, it means you're giving the ball back to the opponent. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes punts punts can vary on their severity level. Sometimes they're a minor punt where it's like, oh, I lost a little bit of value there. I could have gotten one extra damage in. That's not a full-on punt. A full-on punt is like I had the winning play and I didn't do it yep. or I did something that could have saved my life, but I forgot to or whatever.
1: Those are the worst punts that, cross,
0: uh, that cost you the game. Yeah, that, that makes me very salty. We'll talk uh-huh. about that in a second.
1: <laughs> the next one is Mana Rock. That's just an artifact that taps for mana. Mm-hmm. The artifact part's the rock. The mana, obviously, is the mana
0: that comes yeah. from it. So game. it's like a mana dork, but this time it's a rock. Yep. Uh, sac. Sac is short for sacrifice. Uh, many different creatures force you to sacrifice a creature. Also known as an edict effect, because mm-hmm. um, Diabolic Edict. Was that the original one that did it? Sure. Who knows? It has edict it's called- in
1: it. The- yeah, edict effect is making people sack things. Yeah, uh, um, sack can, or a sack
0: outlet. A sack outlet. Yeah, a sack outlet is not a place where you can buy like cheap sack based clothing. <laughs> it's, it's not like Gap outlet. Yeah, it's it, what it is. It's a sacrifice outlet. It's a place where you can plug in your things to be sacrificed for free, usually, or for a very small cost by tapping it or whatever.
1: It just means you can sacrifice a creature when you want on demand. Yeah, at least you, one. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, salty. Ugh, You'll hear salty. this one a lot. Yeah, it just means that you're just you're kind of on tilt a little bit. We'll talk about tilt in the later, but it just means that you're you're angry or upset at a result and you are complaining about it. You are like errr. Yeah, you're sort of a little bit
1: like vocally annoyed or frustrated. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be about magic. You can just be salty about the announcement that there aren't any enemy fetch lands right. in Battle
0: for Zendikar. Like, yeah. yeah, you can be salty about a lot of things. Yeah, uh, usually not worth it. It just means you're kind of complaining. But also being salty means you got you're airing your grievances. So that's a good way to put it. Everyone's got it in them. Uh, silver bullet. This is like oh.
1: that perfect card that just the deck you're playing against does not have an answer for, and it just literally it's the silver bullet to the werewolf. Yep, it's the one thing that it's takes kryptonite.
0: Them yeah, sometimes it doesn't need to be the full-on kryptonite. It can just be just good enough that the other player can't answer it. Yep. Or it's like one threat that you put down that you were able to protect through the whole game, and they just ended up owning them. Like Anamar is a silver bullet to an Orzov deck. Yeah. Unless they have artifact-based disruption.
1: But even then, you, it, you, it's your commander. You can play
0: it a few times. They're yeah. not going to be able to deal with it that yeah. many times. Yeah. Uh, snap, uh, as in sort of a snap keep. It just means you're keeping something snap. You, you look at it, boom, I'm going to keep it. You don't even need to think about it. It's a snap keep. It looks snap so block, good. Snap, snap block. Attack. Snap attack, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's just you, you made a decision without uh, having to think about it very much.
0: Yeah, it's a very obvious thing to you. Snap might also refer to Snapcaster Mage. So if you snap something back... Yeah, it's uh, good. It's more modern, though. Splash. Splash is when you have cards
1: that are of a color that you don't have very much of that color represented in your deck. So you might play an NmR deck where the red part of it is just a splash.
0: Sounds about right for most decks. With red, usually yeah. in EDH, it's, it's usually the lightest color there um in like a limited deck of 40 cards you usually shouldn't splash but if you're going for it depends on the format depends on the format depends how much fixing you have fixing means uh the ability to fix your mana so different lands that give you different colors or different artifacts that give you different colors splash is just literally we're just like gonna paint this red and blue and then we're gonna have a splash of green at the top kind of like that
1: kind of like that um swing swing is just attacking i swing with
0: this guy or a game can swing in your favor as well. But, yeah, usually, like, this guy swings at you. Um, I guess it kind of is similar to tapping, mm-hmm. kind of the, the motion of swinging. Mm-hmm. Uh, wheel or table uh, doesn't really refer to EDH as much as it does to, like, limited and constructed. Uh, it can actually refer to EDH. But in general, when you're, like, drafting, for example, you open a pack, And there's 15 cards in there. You see two cards you want and you draw, you take one and you're like, I hope this other one wheels or goes around the table or at table. So it goes all the way around and gets back to you.
1: Right. Now we'll refer to a rotation of the table in EDH or uh, a wheel of the table, meaning that if I play doubling season and then it makes it through a rotation of the table, that means every other player's turn came and it came back to me and that
0: card survived. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Oh, here you go. Tilt. There's Uh, another poker term. Another poker term. Yeah. Where did it come from? going full, on full tilt poker by the way is like the name of a poker company yeah it's right? a
1: very yeah. big poker website but tilt's been around forever before internet even existed tilt uh, i don't know the etymology but i know what it means when you're on tilt it usually means that you're making bad decisions because you're angry about the result of a previous hand of poker yeah you're salty you're emotional you're being irrational and you're therefore playing badly because of it so yeah, yeah. and you might also like act out in a weird manner uh, it, it's usually an angry person who's not acting like themselves. And generally you're, when you're on tilt in poker, you're going to lose a lot more money. It's ba- right. it's basically like, if you know you're on tilt, you should walk away from the table. And in magic, you can't always do that because you're at a tournament or something. It usually means you're going to play
0: badly because yeah, of it. you're going to make bad decisions. You're going to punt more often when you're on tilt, as yep. they say. Uh, also if you play, I guess, um, uh, pinball, you can tilt the machine and oh it yeah, maybe that's that, good. That has something to do with it? Who knows?
1: Actually, good pinball players like hit the machine at the right point to like, yeah, give it just a teeny bit just of just so it doesn't go into the little yeah. slots on the side where the ball always goes. When I'm playing pinball, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, trick. This is usually like a combat trick. Yeah, so that's just an instant speed way to usually pump or modify the power and toughness of your creatures or that maybe their creatures or if it has death touch all of a sudden or
0: something like that mm-hmm. yeah or just like well I'll instant speed bounce this thing as the trick and yeah, now the true. block that you made sucks or whatever yep uh tuck we talked a lot about this in our tuck rule debate with sheldon Memory and just the tuck in general tuck means taking a card and putting it back into your deck either on the bottom or shuffle into, in. into it yeah it just essentially gets tucked away you're putting it away
1: it's an alternate way to remove a creature so there's exile there's Mm -hmm. graveyard there's bounce back to their hand and there's tuck tuck uh tutor is just any card that goes and finds a specific card in your deck
0: yeah this is one of those weird words that doesn't actually mean what it actually means because a tutor is someone that teaches you something and the demonic tutor is like it kind it's the idea of teaching you by putting the card in your hand or finding it and giving it to you
1: but it's really just like this name because the very first card that did this was Demonic Tutor. Yeah, it's a wave, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Voltron. Voltron. It is a def- the defender of the universe, right? Yeah, Voltron. It's, an old, uh, it's an old cartoon. <clears throat> Saturday yeah. morning cartoon. Uh, so what it was is a team of space explorers that sort of pilot a giant super robot that was called Voltron. And in EDH and in just regular magic it means suiting up one specific uh, creature or thing to be giant massive and like have a huge sword and sweet boots on and a cool cape well the team that that piloted the super
1: robot were actually a bunch of separate spaceships that could come together Mm -hmm. and form the giant super robot so it's this idea of building a big powerful creature it's starting with something and then adding things to it until it's one super creature yep
0: super creature and there's Uh, also a strategy in edh where you you, vulture on your commander to kill someone in uh like two swings by getting them to 21 commander damage yep
1: um wedge or a shard so wedge is our friend from the mana source but (laughs) also a wedge wedges and shards are just three color combinations Mm -hmm. so they all have names now you've heard them obzon jeskai naya bant all that stuff um Shards are from shards of Alara. Wedges are from Khans of Tarkir. Yep, that's it. They're just the different three color combinations that are possible.
0: Yep. And if you look at the back of the card, a shard is like a a slightly triangle with a longer long side base. It's the it's a it's a color and they're it's two just three in a row, right? Pairs. Yeah. yeah, three in a row. And then uh, wedges are like pizza shapes where they cut across where it's an enemy pair and then uh, they're a shared. Oh no, an allied pair and they're a shared enemy color. Yeah uh yard slash bin just is another way to say the grave yard or to bin something it's just like the british way of saying put it in the bin put it in the bin yeah yep it gets binned yep so that's
1: kind of this is not every single piece of lingo mingo malingo um (laughs) it's a lot of it though the thing is to not be intimidated by slang and lingo that people are saying if you don't know just asking a great thing about magic players is they're super happy to talk about their game and to introduce it to new players so they're usually like oh this is what that means. Yep. Yep. And if anybody gives you any flack, like pff, you don't know what that means, feel free to laugh at them because there's still tons of lingo that I hear it and I'm like, what is yeah. that? And that's just not inclusive. Come on. I mean, that's that's on them. That's not on you. Don't allow that yeah. a person that acts
0: like that to make you feel bad. That's, don't go on should, tilt because someone else <laughs> is you know, salty. salty about your lack of lingo malingo knowledge. <laughs> We did it, boys. We we did, did, it. did it.
1: We did it. So now we move on to the end step where we talk about something cool outside of the world of magic. If you don't follow me on Twitter, then you don't know that my puppy dog Luna was the dog of the week at her at our doggy daycare. Yay! Yay, Luna! Yeah. I, there's a lot of people out there going like doggy daycare, <laughs> and trust me, I think it's as ridiculous as you think it is. But we still have to do it. She's the best. She won. She was the first ever, too. Was, they just started this program, and she was the unanimous pick.
0: Really? Unanimous? Yeah. Oh. Unanimous. Oh, Una, yeah. yay. Let's talk about Doggy Daycare. Oh, God. How much money do I spend on that crap? Kiwi has to go to uh, Doggy Daycare quite often when we are out for the day. But she loves it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Luna loves it. Like, And I love it, too, because she's exhausted. Yeah, just goes straight to bed.
1: It's the best. She just curls up on the couch right next to you. She doesn't do all the normal stuff, like want to like play for like 12 hours straight. Yeah, because yeah. they've just
0: been running around meeting new friends, sniffing all the butts. <laughs> sniffing all the butts. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts, kids. All right. That was the least exciting end step of all time, but it's well, what, we, how about it's what we did. Listeners, do you have dogs? Send us a picture, tweet at us, let us know. We'll uh, we'll have a listener dog contest. And, and also, if you've made a card name up for your... Actually, we should make cards for our dogs. That is actually awesome. I'm going to make a Kiwi card. Yeah. We're going to pick our own dog of the week. And they're going to be legendary doges. That's what they'll be. <laughs> <laughs> This legendary Doge. He'll be Mingo
1: Malingo's cousin, Doggo Malongo.
0: Doggo Malongo. We're gonna take we're gonna take Dingo Malingo Bingo, whatever his name is, into the we're gonna speak about him every episode. If Somebody we can. better make
1: a Mingo Malingo card. <laughs> He'll just have his arm around Kiki Jiki, but Kiki will be looking like all like pissed, like don't put your He's arm like, around oh, me. God. I He's don't like the, know you. Yeah. <laughs> all like, right, I but, will not copy you. <laughs> Make sure to check out the Masters of Modern podcast, our sister podcast. Uh, It's about modern and all things competitive magic. You
0: can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. Yep. And our editor for the show is Eli Cuevas. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer at Living Cards MTG. He does the animations on our videos. You can check those out at youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank
1: you.